right, well, good morning, Anthem Church. My name is Zach Everly. I'm the college director here on staff working with the Salt Company. I get the joy and privilege of often preaching on Thursday nights, but this morning I get to preach on Sunday morning, and I'm delighted to be with you all. The goal for this morning is incredibly simple as we turn to Psalm 119, verses 97 to 104. It's New Year's Eve, and we want to prepare well for 2024. We've, we've come out of the year 2023, and I want us to catapult well into the year that is ahead as a family on mission in the city of Columbia and reaching Mizzou's campus. But in order to prepare for what's next, the most common way that we do this is through making New Year's resolutions. And unfortunately, um, in many ways, New Year's resolutions are kind of a, a gab and a joke for most people. 9% of Americans that make New Year's resolutions actually keep them throughout the duration of the year. 23% of New Year's resolutions don't even make it past the first week of January. And 43% of New Year's resolutions don't even make it to the end of the first month of January. And in order to avoid that, I want to propose one simple, practical thing for us to do to prepare well for 2024. I don't want to give us 15 different things. I want to put the cookies pretty low on the shelf for us this morning. The one thing that you must resolve to do in the coming year to prepare your heart, mind, and soul for walking with the Lord is very simple. Our preparation principle for this morning is resolve in 2024 to know and love your Bible. Resolve to know and love your Bible. Resolving to know and love our Bible does two things. Number one, it helps us to love God. Not just to know more about who God is, but as we, as we get into the scriptures and we encounter the living Lord through his living word, we gain wisdom and discernment into trials and struggles and conflicts. And year ahead, we grow in Christ-likeness. We grow in holiness. We encounter God. We know, love, and obey him a little bit more. And also, we learn to love our neighbor as ourself. The two things that Jesus says is the greatest commandment. We learn to love one another, to grow in service for one another as we unpack God's word daily in our hearts and minds. We must know and love our Bibles in the year ahead because the world is unstable. It's an election year. Many of you guys will encounter various trials, various struggles, um, but the, as the world is unstable, we must run to the one stabilizing thing or rather, the one stabilizing person who the Word of God uh, reveals to us, the person of Jesus, in this unstable world. In many ways, it's like a, a Christian cheat code. We have the Holy Spirit-inspired Word that's giving us wisdom, it's giving us guidance, it's giving us discernment, it's helping us to walk in the narrow path of life that Jesus has given to us. And this morning, King David will guide us and lead us in this endeavor. And within this preparation principle, I'll share three very simple New Year's resolutions for us as we dive into God's Word today, and I pray for every day the rest of this year. And there'll be a brief action step at the end. So the first resolution this morning is resolve to make daily meditation on God's Word your sweetest rhythm. Resolve to make daily meditation on God's Word your sweetest rhythm. Let's look together verse 97. David, again in Psalm 119, a beautiful long text, over a hundred verses, says, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Verse 99, I have more understanding than all of my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. And then in 103, he says, How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Friends, David could not be more clear in this opening section of Psalm 119 that he loves the Lord. And he loves the words that the Lord has given him to read, that he's banked his life on. 
Verse 97, he leads off the whole section with a declaration, with an exclamation point of, I love your law. It's his meditation all the days. David has fixed his eyes on the Lord, and it's become one of his greatest loves as he encounters God in his word. But David wasn't only ever just sitting with his face in the law, studying it. It was a thing that he loved. The Lord's testimonies have become his meditation. They become his, his source of wisdom, his source of understanding, his source of life. The words that the Lord has given David are sweeter than honey to his mouth. See, friends, all of us hunger and all of us are looking for satisfaction, but David knew that the ultimate satisfaction for his life was found in the sweetness of God's word. Have you ever left a devotional time having received exactly what you needed in that time? It seems like a, a word from the Lord had been given to you. God just happens to work that way, and this psalm helps us understand that the, the words are sweet. It should be our meditation. David was filled with the sweet, wonderful words of God. See, David sat on God's word. He wouldn't be rushed with it. He allowed it to penetrate his heart and to such a degree that we read in, in, in Psalm 51, David's heart of repentance, remove not your Holy Spirit from me, God. And on the contrary, we see the, the heights of the, the beautiful majesty of God that David has encountered in Psalm 8 as he declares, God, that you are mindful of man, that you would be majestic. See, David oozed with God's word because he spent time in it. He meditated on it day and night, all day. And similarly, as David did, we should not rush our time with God. We are so busy that we don't take time to meet with him. That our time with the Lord should be a non-negotiable in our schedule. Many of us in this room probably drink tea. I'm more of a coffee guy, but this analogy serves a little bit better for tea. Salt Company students have heard me use this before. But if you have a hot cup of water and you put a tea bag in it, if you just dunk it in really quick and take it out, the flavor, the richness of that tea water at that point is not going to be incredibly flavorful. But as my mom said, you have to let it steep for two, three, four, five minutes as the, the flavor of that tea bag penetrates the water. And as you drink that tea that's steeped for five minutes, it's a much richer, bolder flavor. See, the flavor of the tea has penetrated the water, and likewise, when God's Word and we encounter it and we just read through it and we don't spend time to slow down and sit with God in it, it's not going to penetrate our hearts and minds. Many times in my own life, I, I, I cruise through a quiet time because there's so many more important things to do, right? Would this new year, would we, would we steep in God's Word? Would we marinate in God's Word? Would we meditate on God's Word? Would it be what bounces around in our brains and captivates our hearts. You see, friends, this meditation on God's word deeply formed David as he set his affections on God, daily seeing the goodness and beauty of God. He looked at God, and we now get to stare at Christ and his completed work. And the emphasis here is on daily realignment to God's word. It's important to come to church. I'm not saying we shouldn't do that and come be realigned in this way in corporate gatherings, but this daily realignment is important. Because one degree makes all the difference. I have a friend who's a pilot who told me that for every one degree that a plane gets off course, just one degree, which is like barely anything, you will miss your targeted landing spot by 92 feet for every mile that you fly. Just one degree, 92 feet for every mile that you fly. And if you do the math on that, if you're flying from JFK in New York all the way to LAX in California, 
If you started one degree off in, at JFK, you would end up 40 miles off course in the Pacific Ocean somewhere. See, friends, one degree makes all the difference. And a lot of us wonder at times how we get into this sin struggle, how we got to this point in our life. And we need daily realignment, the one degree, the two degree, the three degree. And God's word is our North Star. Christ is our cornerstone. And as Christians in 2023, we get a privilege that David did not yet get to see. We get the privilege of knowing that Jesus has come And he's come for us. We just spent the last month in Advent unpacking who Jesus is and the fact that he's brought joy and peace and hope to a world who needs him. And as we come to God's word daily and make it the sweetest rhythm in our day, we meditate on who God is. It allows us to remember that God's new morning mercies are there for us and that our hearts are fickle and are met with God's love. We're reminded of the gospel that we never graduate from. We're reminded of the grace of Jesus and the depths of our sin that his mercies are higher as we encounter God in his word. The next resolution is resolve very simply to take God's word with you wherever you go. Take God's word with you wherever you go. Look at verse 98 with me. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. And then in verse 101, he says, I hold back my feet from every evil way in order to keep your word. Verse 98, I want to emphasize ever, and in 101, keeps. See, David has has guarded his heart from sin and falsehood and temptation and all these evil ways because David knew that to remain in the safeguard of God's word was where life was to be found. That through meditation daily on the word of God, he was able to store it up in his heart, to treasure it in his heart like Mary did in the Magnificent in Luke 1. To to gaze upon the beauty of Jesus, he kept it in his heart and he treasured it. My mom, over the course of the many summers that I grew up at home, uh, I can't remember if it was after fifth grade or sixth grade. It doesn't entirely matter, but she had us do these summer checklists, which I remember hating as a kid, uh, because we had to read for like 20 minutes, we had to do some chores, do our laundry, all that stuff, which now has made me a much more disciplined person. Uh, So parents, if you have a wayward child, there's still hope. Um, But one of the things that she made us do, I remember the summer after, I think it was sixth grade, uh, is she challenged me and my younger brother to, to memorize all of Psalm 23, which I remember like six verses, like that's a big ask, mom, are you kidding me? So all six verses of Psalm 23, at the end of sixth grade, I remember like that was just kind of irrelevant to me, but I can promise you a decade later, still to this day, as I, I get anxious, as I get stressed out about things, even just this past week, as I, as I wrestle with different things, I've gone through seasons in my life of loneliness, of just being feeling like I'm burned out, exhausted, still to this day, Psalm 23 comes to mind. And I can quote the whole thing all the way through because my mom pushed me and challenged me to take God's word with me wherever I went. I may not have my Bible with me. I may not have my discipler with me. But if I've got it stored up in my heart and it's in my mind, I can take it everywhere with me. I didn't have to have my Bible, but Psalm 23 was with me and I could remind myself, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want that he restores my soul. See, friends, David did not carry around his ESV study Bible with expository notes featuring Hebraic grammatical structures and an linear Greek New Testament commentary. He had it in his heart. He had it in his mind. He had 
been with God. He had meditated on God's word, and it became the core of who he was because he had spent time with his Lord. So friends, store it up. Make it your most prized possession. Make it the, the best hour of your day such that you would ooze with the word of God and it would not leave your thoughts. Memorize specific verses that apply directly to your season of life. Memorize specific scriptures and, and bank on the promises that are found in the scriptures, not in the cultural things. Realign your heart to scripture. The next resolution is to resolve to make God's word your source for wisdom, understanding, and guidance. Resolve to make God's word your source for wisdom, understanding, and guidance. Let's look at verse 99. David says, I have more understanding than all of my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, for I keep your precepts. I hold back my feet from every evil way in order to keep your word. I do not turn aside from your rules, for you have taught me. Verse 104, through your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Anthem Church, you cannot control, nor can I, what 2024 is going to throw at you. But you absolutely can prepare and control how you respond. Many of us in the year ahead will certainly experience financial hardship. Money will be tight. You'll grieve the loss of a loved one. You'll put a parent on hospice. You'll make yet another transition to a new city and make another transition to a new job. College students, you will graduate, move into the workforce. Parents, you'll have your first child leave the nest, or perhaps your last child leave the nest. There'll be many uncertainties in the coming year, but I want to challenge us and exhort us to make God's word our source of wisdom, understanding, and guidance. The unadulterated, unchanging, eternal word of God that is sufficient for all that the year will throw at us. And now we, with David, get to apply these truths that we have soaked into our lives and use God's word as a mirror and a lens through which we make decisions, through which we process changes, navigate relational conflict, live with those we disagree with, remain rooted in the Lord Jesus. If you want to gain understanding, Anthem Church, sit with God in his word. If you want to grow in understanding, sit with God in his word. You want to be more compassionate, sit with God in his word. You want to have insight into decisions, sit with God in his word. You want to be more gentle, sit with God in his word. A little over a year ago, I was wrestling. I was a mechanical engineer in St. Louis and was wrestling with coming back here and taking this position that I now have as a college director it was just wrestling a lot, had a lot of different voices from different people, both in the world and in the church, about a lot of different things. What do I do? How do I navigate this? And Psalm 25 and the book of Proverbs were my anthems. Asking the Lord to, to guide my path, to lead me in the way of life. I just, I just want to walk with Jesus, and the book of Proverbs was there. Psalm 25 was there as the Lord gave me direction, the Lord gave me insight, the Lord gave me wisdom and discernment and to what the next right step in following him would be. Friends, following Jesus is a narrow path, but we learn to walk on it by encountering God and his word. We learn to walk on it by being with the Lord in his word, loving what God loves and hating what God hates. So how do we actually do this? The plan to know and love our Bibles in 2024 is very simple. Here's this five steps that I stole from Pastor Matt. 
And the purpose of this is to meet in fellowship with the living God. This is not a checklist. It is not a legalistic task to just complete. We're encountering God through his living word and meeting with him in union and fellowship. So here's your five steps. Number one is consider the race. Consider the race that is ahead of us. It's a year long. Many of us, that will be a Bible reading plan where we're in four or five chapters a day. Many of us, the race may just be committing to, to a year or a month of just of, of sitting with the Lord in his word. One book, one chapter. Consider the race of the year. Commit to a pace. And the, uh, the thing I want to highlight here is consistency over intensity, right? If you haven't been in the Bible in a little while, which is okay, maybe don't try and bite off, like I'm reading six chapters or seven chapters a day. Maybe you're just starting with one chapter or one verse. But you're committing to a pace that you're going to meet daily with God reading X amount of Scripture. So consider the race, commit to a pace, and then three is schedule a time. I think one of the greatest spiritual disciplines that you can have is to be a person who is calendaring things and scheduling things. I know for me, if I don't actually put it in the calendar, it's probably not going to get done. And so schedule a time. For me, ideally, it's the same time every day where I know mentally that, hey, I'm going to meet with the Lord at at 6 or at 7 every single morning. Maybe you're a night person that would be uh, just to have the same time. And number four is choose a place. Again, ideally, no distractions, ideally the same place where, I don't know, for young parents, um, that may be more difficult, but if you could have a place where you're meeting at the same time every day with the Lord at your desk, at your dinner table, whatever that may be, choosing a place to meet with the Lord. And lastly, number five is create a space. Have your Bible and journal out the night before with your favorite pen. I'm a G2 guy. Have your favorite pen out, get your Bible out, have the coffee ready to brew the following morning. Create a space. Prepare well for this time. And for those of us that struggle to keep this going, here would be my encouragement is master the restart. What I mean by master the restart is if you miss a day, don't try and catch up on two, three days. Just pick right back up. God's mercies are new every day. It's not, it's not all about just like, I want to do these things for the Lord. God's not concerned with how many chapters you read every day. God's concerned that your heart is being submitted to him, that you're meeting with him. You're hearing from him above all other voices. And again, the purpose of this five-step process, it's not a formula. These are just helpful tools. Is The purpose is meeting with God. It's encountering the Lord in his word. That God has, for some reason that I don't understand, but I'm incredibly grateful for, has given us his spoken word that is, is profitable for us. Every word of it is God's breathed word inspired by the Holy Spirit. And the beautiful thing about the book of the Bible is that the Holy Spirit helps us to understand it. So as we encounter God's word, we pray for the Holy Spirit to give us eyes, to give us discernment into what he has for us. So Anthem, I pray that in the year 2024, we would be able to declare, along with David, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. That we would know God deeper, we would love God deeper, we would know our neighbors deeper, we would love our neighbors deeper as we prepare for 2024, my exhortation would be resolve to know and love your Bible such that you would know and love Jesus. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for just your character. You are a loving God. You are a God who has given us purpose. You've given us your word to understand your heart and your mind and your motives. 
And Lord, I pray that we would daily submit ourselves to you. That we would become a little bit more like Jesus every day as we see a little bit more of Jesus every day. Father, would your words be our meditation? Would your word be sweet to our mouth? Would it be life? Would we commune with you and fellowship with you? That God, your word is good and you are good. So Jesus, it's in your precious name that we pray. Amen.